All right. Let's get the show started. Right on. Welcome back, Sled Talk listeners. This is episode eight of the next um, next show. Uh, so whether you're tuning in on the YouTube channel or listening to any of the podcast platforms, uh, we have a new guest. Uh, his name is Travis Norton. And a couple things about Travis. Number one, he's also the first guest that is on a skidoo. First, Represent. Yeah, first skidoo rider. So, Travis, I'm super excited. I appreciate you making the drive over here to jump on the podcast. I'm glad that you're here. Excited to talk to you. I'm super excited to be here, man. I'm pumped. <laughs> uh, really happy to represent Skidoo too. Be the first Skidoo guy on the podcast. I've rode them uh, pretty much my whole life yeah. and have always had pretty good experiences with them. So, um, one thing I love about it is when I'm the only Skidoo guy in the group, that's my that's my favorite days, man. You like to I shine. love that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like to shine. Be like, yeah, we got a little extra float today out here. Let's Hell, go. Yeah. But I'm a big boy, so I need a little extra float. <laughs> So, so talk a little bit, um, well, I guess first an introduction to you, like where are you from? What do you do? Like how long you've been riding that kind of stuff that you want to share? Yeah. So I'm from uh, Milton Freewater, Oregon, about an hour away from here. Uh, I have three daughters, a seven-year-old, a four-year-old and a two-week-old. So uh, yeah. I've got to work the sledding around them. They're, they're awesome. <laughs> uh, they're starting to get on the sleds themselves. Uh, I have a wife and we run a like dog daycare and yeah. like a doggy bed and breakfast type of thing. It's oh. really, really cool. Dude, I wish you weren't an hour away. Otherwise, I'd have my golden retriever with you. Oh, dude. Yeah, we'll we'll make it work next time. <laughs> Sled trip or something on yeah. the way through town, dropping by. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's been going really well. Uh, before we were doing the doggy daycare stuff, I worked at RDO Equipment, kind of like you. Mm -hmm. uh, worked yep. there as a corporate lackey for 13 years. And uh -huh. um, over that now, uh, it was a good place for me. And it kind of got me to where I'm at now. Um, you know, got me into my house and everything. And now we're able to do our own thing, uh, ride sleds more, Hell and yeah. uh, enjoy Towards family that. more. That's really kind of what uh, what I'm aiming at right now uh, with doing the dog deal is we have more time for family and more time for sledding. Which is what's important. Yep. In, in my opinion. I mean, obviously you agree with that. But, you know, that was, that was one of the biggest reasons why I stepped away from, you know, RDO specifically. But uh, the whole idea of the 9 to 5, right, was because, like, I'm able to do whatever I please every single day. Yep. Right. And if that's time with family, if that's sledding, if that's working business, which I also enjoy businesses and stuff as well. But, um, I'm, I'm super excited that you're able to have that. And I know that like, I can feel the energy that, that you're stoked about that. Yeah. And so that's good. Um, so Travis, when, when was the first time that you were ever on a sled? So first time on a sled, I believe I was five years old. Uh, it was a Christmas present to the family, a little okay. kitty cat snowmobile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's lots of us out there that that was their first sled. Yeah. Um, you know, getting on that thing and just putting around the yard, that was the first experience. And shortly after that, uh, we upgraded from the kitty cat to a snow scoot. We still have that snow scoot today. Really? It's my favorite snowmobile. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, we love that thing. All the kids hop on it and dad hops on it, grandpa hops on it. Everybody rides that little snow scoot. It's just a blast. Yeah. So from that, that was the original chassis you could throw around, man. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. Um, then from there, uh, we had some, you know, 500, 600 CC, uh, mountain sleds with shorter tracks on them, like 136s that my dad started to let us ride a little bit as we got older, you know, around that 10, 11 years old. Then eventually dad's like, you know, these are just too much power for you guys. You need something smaller. Mm -hmm. You need something you can handle a little better. <laughs> and uh, he came home with a, a phaser mountain light 500. I'm like, okay. dad, this is the ugliest snowmobile I've ever seen. <laughs> so I don't care. You're going to ride it. And yeah. once you can ride it, I'll let you have another sled. Yeah. And uh, so I remember the first time being up on that thing. And I'd, uh, I'd always grab the windshield instead of the brake. 
and okay. run into the back of my dad all oh. the time. Oh, he hated that. And yeah. I was like, well, I just windshields in the way. I don't know what to tell you. Man. <laughs> uh, but I remember the first time just falling into a ditch on that thing and holding it wide open. And yeah. I'm just a little guy hanging off this thing, 11 years old, bouncing side to side, big old smile on my face. Can't see nothing. Snow's yeah. just filling my helmet and riding a side hill and coming out of it and landing back on the trail. And my dad just like, Right on, dude. That was awesome. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. And from that point on, uh, it was just like, okay, this I, is what we're gonna do. I was just gonna say it was probably in that defining moment where you knew, like, yes, this is yeah, this is what I want. Snow to do. Yeah, Snow. Yeah. I gotta yeah. have this. Yeah. Um, you know, I never remember sitting remember sitting on the front of my dad's sled before I could really ride and he'd be like, Well, this is a big boy ride. You can go, but you're yeah. gonna ride with me. Sure. And I'm gonna dump you off and go play. Mm-hmm. And uh can remember just hanging onto the mountain bar, like right, right. tucked up right here and he's riding side hills and just slaying the trails and yeah. just hauling ass with me on there and just loving every second of it. Sure. You know, fingers are cold because you don't have any any grip heaters right, up right, there. Right. Um, uh, but just loving it. And my dad's really the one to put the the passion for sledding in me and right. watching him ride too. He doesn't ride anymore, but sure. just to uh, watch him ride and just be like, man, I want to be like him. He's yeah. so cool. Look yeah. at him go. Yeah, 100%. I, th- I think that a lot of our listeners and viewers can probably relate to that. I mean, I surely can, right? Like um, having that exposure from our father to get us interested in in this sport. And so um, that's super, I think, crucial, like moving forward to maintain that, right? So like, you know, you've already getting your daughters into writing and stuff and like moving it to the next generation. I think that that's important. Um, so it's cool that you, you had a father figure that, um, or a father that was so, you know, impactful on, on getting you interested in, in that sport. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate him for that. Yeah. I'm always, you know, taking the time, spending that money, yeah, putting the oil, yeah. putting the belts, <laughs> replacing the parts I break. Yeah. Um, you know, and it used to be funny. He was always big on safety. Like, Hey, you let that sled go. Yeah. You don't get hurt. You sure. let the sled go. Right. Um, until it became my sled. Then those sleds didn't get let go no more. Yeah. I'm hanging on to them as they're sliding <laughs> up the hill. Don't go nowhere. Yeah. Parts yeah. are far away. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you been on a skidoo then? So I have rode skidoos, skidoos yeah. since, uh, since really since the first mountain sled in 95. Okay. Uh, the original well, S chassis. Yeah, for quite a while. Um, you know, it was my dad's sled, not something sure. that I spent a lot of time on. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of watched that progression of the mountain sleds from the trailing arm sleds, then into the, you know, non-trailing arm, like the rev chassis, ski the pro chassis, uh, maybe the dragons, not really, but mm-hmm. pro chassis and just kind of watch that evolution of the sleds just start to go deeper and deeper and further and further. Um, and it's really, really been quite the evolution. I've, I haven't seen nothing else like it, uh, the way that snowmobiles have evolved. Right. Which they certainly have. Yeah. The last few years. Um, so what kind of skidoo do you have right now? So currently we are sitting on a 2020 Summit Expert. Uh, it's been my favorite sled so far. It uh, has that Expert package on it. So shortened tunnel, uh, Kashima-coated Kashima shocks on the front that are valve 20% stiffer, uh, stiffer valving in the back, a um, bunch of just little tiny things like shaved bars that are just smaller diameter. Okay. Wrap sure. your hand around a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, just small refinements like that that really make it a dialed-in sled. Um don't have a lot of aftermarket on it. I run an exhaust can. I run high torque rollers in the secondary clutch, just a, kind of a thing that keeps them from breaking. Mm-hmm. Um, problem I've had in the past. Um, that's pretty much it. I run a big old beefy front bumper on there for logging. <laughs> yeah. Gotta do the logging. <laughs> I don't want to smash a pipe, so yeah. we keep a big heavy front bumper on the front of there. Yeah. yeah. And that's uh, that's the sleigh. Yeah. Nice. Are, do you think you're going to be with that one for 
another couple of seasons or see we got warranty this year we got warranty next year and then we'll okay. probably be on to the next there you go and so what's your opinion of have you ever been on the skidoo factory turbos yes have you ever okay talk a little bit about that like your opinion yeah. of them or uh so i've been around the aftermarket turbos too a lot sure. okay. um you know and they're they're quite a bit different than that factory turbo you get on that factory turbo and i rode it in that 20 20 and a half season where they came out that yellow skidoo mm. jumped off of mine onto the turboed version factory turbo version of mine yeah. and you hit the throttle the skis come up the response is the same yeah. except that turbo just never sets those skis down <laughs> stay in the air. Sure. Um, and it's amazing the way they got the response of that machine to where it just lights instantly yeah. and then pulls like a turbo it's pretty cool nice is that something in the future that you think you'd ever yeah factory turbo yeah yeah, huh? yeah factory oh, turbo oh boy yeah, yeah 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 that'll that'll probably be the next one down the line yeah okay i was i've been thinking about doing that with obviously the players the boost um not the 2022 but potentially the 2023 the next yep. one whatever they potentially come out with i don't know i've been on one turbo before um kobe doherty's I don't know. Do you know Kobe? I uh, just saw him on the podcast, but okay. no, I don't know. All right. So he's got a boondocker in his sled and I rode it for a little bit in halfway last year. Um, and I kind of liked it a lot. That's pretty, it's, it's a big difference. Um, it's a lot of power. Oh yeah. For sure. So I don't know. I think that might be in my future um, as well, but we shall, we shall see. So Travis, talk a little bit about, um, you know, cause obviously you've been riding for a really long time. And so talk about some of the areas that you've been able to, or been fortunate enough to travel to, to, to ride. Yeah. So I've, uh, got to go to some pretty fun areas. Uh, back in 19, I got to go up to Revelstoke. That oh was great. Um, yep. loved that town, loved the ski resorts, just loved everything going on up there. Um, the riding was so easy. You just show up at the bottom of a mountain, go to the top of it. You're there. Yeah. Uh, it's just that easy. There's really... You know, big groomed trails, you just follow them right up to the snow and sure. you're riding. Uh, that's probably the biggest trip I've done. Um, but, you know, I've been to McCall, been around Idaho a little bit, uh, been up into Washington, um, obviously rode a lot over here in eastern Oregon. Right. Uh, I, I usually stay close to stay close to home, um, you know, keeps the cost down. Yeah. And we have some awesome riding right here over in the Eagle Caps and the Elkhorns. You know, they get up uh, pretty high in elevation over there. Mm -hmm. They get a lot of snowfall. And as you know, that halfway area can be a mm -hmm. lot of fun. Yeah. It's kind of a little hidden gem around the corner from us. Yeah. And, um, you know, really, at least once a week, I'm probably burning a tank of fuel going that way and back in a day right. just to make the ride. Hell yeah. No problem. Nice. Um, do you have any, have you ever been into like Montana or Wyoming? You know, or? I haven't done any riding in Montana or Wyoming. Oh boy. Need to. Yeah. Yeah. Need yeah. To. Yeah. Well, we're trying to plan a trip to Montana. I'd love for you to tag along if that's yeah. possible. Um, so do you like, as far as right now, anything scheduled to go back to McCall or. So we else? have, uh, tagging along actually on a trip up to Island Park with. Jordan, yeah, <laughs> yeah <with> Jordan. <laughs> he sent me an invite for that as well. Yeah, yeah, they had a they had some extra spots in the cabin. Said, yeah. oh yeah, I'll uh, I'll pack a cot. I don't don't I don't need a bed. I'll sleep it, in the bathroom. It, I don't <laughs> care. I just want to go. Yeah. Uh, so I got that trip planned, but I didn't really plan a whole lot this year. Having mm -hmm. the, the young baby, didn't really right. know what was going on, um, and I kind of like to just follow the snowfall anyway. I was yeah. like, yep, boom, that's where it fell. That's where I'm going for sure. That's kind of my mentality about it. Have you ever been over there to Island Park before? Nope. Or, First no? time over to Island Park. I sure see a lot of stuff on social about it. It looks like a pretty killer place. I've never been, I've never even been riding in Idaho yet. So, yeah. Um, but it looks pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. There. From the sounds of it, it sounds like you can just ride from the cabin, go fuel up and ride up the hill. Dude, that's got to be nice. Yeah. 
That'll be, forward that'll be to being able to do driving. something like that. Oh, yeah. for sure, right? Pull your mic a little closer. Not driving three hours in the uh, in the truck. Right. Way better. One hundred percent. So okay, so that's all. That's pretty exciting stuff. Um, I would like to talk about something. Um, so probably, I don't know. It's been like a couple of weeks ago now. Um, I got a phone call from you, and you had said that you were listening to one of the earlier episodes. Um, I think it was episode four, maybe yes, three or with four. Uh, with both Tom and Cody, and um, I had been talking about uh, how I signed up for an avalanche course this year, um, the end of January. I'm taking it, and anyways, you had called me and you had heard that, and you had said that you know you take that stuff very seriously and that you've been in an avalanche yourself, and so I'm sure you've noticed over social, like the awareness around avalanche safety and stuff is growing rapidly, right? Like there's a lot of guys that are pushing awareness around it, pushing the classes, pushing the courses. Um, and it's, it's something to be taken very seriously because the reality of these sleds and where they can go, right? Like you're, you can blink and you're in an area where there's a lot of avalanches potentially. Um, and so Travis share with me your story about, um, kind of why avalanche safety and stuff is so important to you, but then specifically like, your experience being in an avalanche. Yeah, that's really serious stuff like you're talking about. And uh, it started for me, uh, the avalanche awareness, really about five years ago. Um, I believe that was about when I got in that avalanche. That was over in the Eagle Caps around the halfway area okay. up by Cornucopia. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an avalanche warning out that day. Probably should have been a little smarter about what we were doing. Sure. We were riding and having fun. Um, I was also pretty new to avalanche safety at that point in time. Okay. Um, had a bag, had a beacon had a probe, forgot it all at home. Mm. Doesn't really do you very much good. No. Um, that day, another guy on the mountain had a beacon, so I borrowed it from him, said, hey, thanks. And, uh, yeah, I was going across the hillside, and, you know, I, I thought about this in my head before. You know, what do you do if you get in an avalanche? Right. What do you do? Right. And the hillside just fell away, and it was in the trees. It wasn't out in the open. This was in the trees. Mm-hmm. And I always thought, oh, you just point it downhill and ride down it. No. That thing swallows a sled up faster than anything I've seen. It's like the sled falling into a creek. It just okay. goes away. Sure. And uh, so it started sliding. The sled went away. It kind of felt like slow motion at first. I was, you know, flailing, just doing anything I could to try to stay on top of the snow. And then it just kind of went dark. I had snow pack in my helmet, and I came up against something hard. It was a tree, and I kind of lucked out. I grabbed onto that tree. I maybe slid 15 yards. I didn't go that far in the slide. Okay. Um, and I caught onto that tree. After everything kind of settled, I – Got all the snow out of my helmet. I sat there for a second, just wondering what's going on. You know, let everybody know what happened on the on the radio. Radio. Yeah, hey, I got in a slide. I don't know if there's anybody else in it. I'm the only one I saw. You know, we kind of checked around. Everybody checked back on the radio. They were there. Um, and I couldn't find my sled. Mm-hmm. So I was fine. Couldn't find my sled. We went uh, probably another 50 yards down the hill, and there was a tip of a ski sticking out, and that was it. Oh, my god. And gosh. that was it. And mm-hmm. uh, so – when we got to it, uh, the way that snow was, it was pretty wet and heavy. And when that avalanche stopped, it was like concrete. It just, everything was really hard. So if you had had sure. to dig somebody out of that, that would have been a really difficult situation. Yikes. Yeah. Um, so we're really lucky it was just a sled. Uh, we dug the sled out. It was pretty scarred up. It had bars busted off of it. Plastics ruined everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two-year-old sled too. Sure. Uh, but that was, that was a really eye-opening situation for me. Naturally. And after that, yeah, we got a lot more serious about making sure we have our pack on, you know, we have the, 
ripcord ready to go. Yep. We have our radio. Our radios are charged. We have our probe. We have, um, you know, do we have our shovel ready to go? Mm-hmm. Making sure we have all that stuff after that. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, like you said, we, right? Like it's just as important for not only you to have it, but everybody else in your group to have that stuff yep. and be able to know how to use it, right? Because like like I mentioned on that previous podcast, if I go and I'm the only one that's taking an avalanche course and I'm with four or five other guys that have never um, taken a course or don't have the knowledge and I'm the one that's buried, right? And yep. the people on the ground have no idea how to do the pattern to search and look and pr- probe and search with the beacons and all that kind of stuff. Like, so it's super important to, you know, I, I guess like I would say in the snowmobile industry, a lot of people can be very specific about who they ride with, um, in general, but I think it's really important to be very specific with who you ride with. And if, if, especially if you're going into the zones that are avalanche prone, um, to be able to, you know, yeah, sure. We all have friends and buddies and stuff, but at the same time, like that shit can happen to anybody yep. in avalanche, right? Like, I mean, look at what happened to Rob Kincaid. Right. Somebody that's, you know, been around it their entire life and super involved in it and stuff and things can even happen to anybody. Right. So it's super important, I think, to be able to be with a group that has the knowledge and has all of that gear um, and is prepared, hopefully never have to, but is prepared if they need to, to, you know, find somebody if somebody gets buried in it. Yeah. And rest in peace, Rob, and also rest in peace, uh, uh, my good friend, Rock Crick Rick. Uh, We lost him in an avalanche. Great writer great guy, family man. Um, so it's, you know, it just gets more and more serious all the time about paying attention to, if there's a warning out, we need to pay attention to that and stay off those slopes. 100%. Find a different place to ride that day. I mean, th- there's so many places to ride, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just not worth it. Nope. At all. That's nope. Everybody sh- needs to come home safe. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. I mean, I appreciate Travis, you sharing that story and I, and I hope for the listeners and the, and the viewers that's, you know, um, just a confirmation as to why it's important for everybody to, you know, at least have a little bit of knowledge and awareness of those things. Like that shit is extremely serious. Um, and you know, the snowmobile industry, it's, it's growing and growing and growing, which is great, but it's also, you know, it's a pretty, I would say kind of small knit community and it's important to, you know, keep everybody safe within, within our, our industry. Um, so yeah, I, uh, Speaking of that, I guess, um, speaking of avalanche stuff and, and gear, I see you have your pack over there. I do. Um, do you, would you like to bring it over here and talk a little bit about what you have in your Avi pack? Take your headphones off real quick. Listeners, he'll be right back. He's just going to grab his, grab his pack. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see Travis is, is getting his pack. If you're listening, then be sure to click in the description to watch the video so you can see. Um, let's get this set up here real quick. Bear with us, guys. Jeff, can you... Do you have that in view to be able to kind of see what he's got going yeah. on there? Yep, uh, right. Be sure. Be sure. I know it's kind of annoying, but you got to talk into the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, the difference in sound quality is huge. So I hear you. You gotta be able to, you gotta be able to hear me. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, got my BCA pack here. I run a float 15. Um, I like the smaller packs myself. Okay. I don't want a whole bunch on my back. I try sure. to put that on the sled. Just keep that weight from moving around. Um, you know, some of the first things you see on it is the shovel. Yeah. I got to talk into the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know it's like when you're looking through the bag and trying to look at it and stuff, it's, it's a little bit difficult, but yep. try to be. I don't have to look at the bag. I can look sure. at the mic. Okay. Now. So uh, <laughs> the shovel, that's a big deal right there. You know, yep. we're using that all the time. We got to use that last week. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Had a yes, big old stuck right in 
I've had got pictures of it. Yeah, had her buried. So the shovel, um, absolutely important to dig your buddy out, dig yourself out, um, dig yourself a hole to get down there if the wind's blowing, whatever. Right. And you can use it for a lot of things. Several uses. Um, next, the radio. You know, we were talking about that. Avalanche safety, rider safety. Communication. Fun level. Yeah. <laughs> Just everything about the radio is awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I like kind of picking on the buddies if they're down in a hole. What are you, you going to come out of there? Are you making lunch for me? You got a fire going? What are you doing? You need help? Hell yeah. Uh, so the radio is so cool. Yep. Um, along with that shovel, I have two saws. There's a saw in the handle of the shovel. And also oh, okay. I have my favorite saw right here, the pocket chainsaw. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yep, I've seen A couple guys have seen these deals. Yep. Uh, those are sweet. You can really get through quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of a log with that. Sure. Um, one thing that's not with me today is my beacon. That always stays in my uh, right. onesie. Okay. Um, so I don't have that in the pack, obviously. And then inside the pack, uh, I have a little bit of basic safety items. Have a small first aid kit. Got a lighter. Make a fire. Have yep. the probe in there. Um, six soda pops in there, usually two. Just okay. in case you get sure. trapped somewhere. You got to have six sodas to drink. Yep. There you go. Uh, so is that... Is that Abby bag, is that a like a canister or is it a like canister style? Okay. Yep. Canister right. style. I really like like those peeps climb uh what are the rechargeable ones? Mm-hmm. You know, pull yep. it multiple times a day yep. if you ever had to or something right, like right. that. Yep. Um that would be nice, but no, it's just the canister style. Gotcha. And so that's just a one time yep. charge, right? Gotcha. Yep, one time okay. charge. So you gotta go get it, you know, if you want to go ride the next day. If you right. used it, you gotta go get it charged up. Right, right. One hundred percent. I mean, that's you know do you wanna talk about like Price-wise, like that whole setup right there? Yeah, there's a grand sitting on the ground right there. Right. And so shit's not cheap. No. Right? Um, Regardless of which brand or, you know, whatever, like it it all costs some money. But obviously, if you're a snowmobiler, you know that this entire industry all the way across the board is very expensive from the sleds to the gear to the mods to, you know, avalanche safety stuff. But, you know, at the same time, like when it comes to the avalanche safety stuff, in my opinion – price does not matter. No. Right. Like it just, uh, like sure. A grand is a grand, but you know, when you're, and this is, this is also how I explain like, you know, climb gear or any other kind of five Oh nine, whatever it is, is like, yeah, sure. That shit's expensive. But when I'm out there on the mountain, just like what we were coming home just the other day. And it was like a, a windshield 10 below. Yep. I was like, thank God I have my gear. You know, I wasn't thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this costs so much money. Like when you're out there in that moment, like that shit doesn't matter. And so especially for the avalanche stuff, like um, in my opinion, and this this might might cause some controversy or whatever, but I guess give me your opinion of it. Like um, if you don't have the money to acquire avalanche stuff, I don't think you should be riding in areas where there's potential to have that. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's you should no be brainer. there. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I think it's super important to, you know, do whatever you have to do to save up money or, or whatever it is to, you know, acquire everything that you just listed off right there. Because it's, again, if you're in that moment, it doesn't matter how much it costs, right? Like, you need that survival equipment if yep. you're in the middle of an avalanche. Um, and so, I, Travis, I, I appreciate you bringing that up on the table for the viewers that got to see that um, and kind of what you – what all you carry in your pack is that stuff super important. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add in, in the realm of the avalanche or gear or safety? Yeah. One more thing you kind of touched on it as an avalanche class. Um, I actually have not been into the avalanche classes. I do a lot of YouTube. Um, I get on and I watch the avalanche classes on YouTube. I watch how to test the different snow conditions and what to look for. 
Um, so, you know, if you need to save a little bit of money, that might be a way to do it. You know, watch some, educate yourself on YouTube. It's yeah. free. Yeah. 100%. Well, I doing that. And then, you know, if you are with, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't think a lot of people like to take the time to do something like this, but for example, something else that you could do, like, um, is do like a mock-up with somebody that has taken a class before, um, of like a, a scenario, right? Like bury a, bury a, uh, a beacon, right. And do, mm-hmm. you know, have, have your buddy that has taken a class, maybe do like a mock mock setup of teaching, you know, cause there's sure there's a wealth of knowledge that you can gain from YouTube, but I'm the type that like, I need to actually like do it so that I can retain the information. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's something that's important to do too, that, that a lot of people can overlook, like it's important to take the time to practice that kind of stuff. And even the people that have taken the class, like can take that knowledge back to their buddies. And then that person that took the class, that's maybe helping their buddies. They're just running the rep and reinforcing the knowledge and, you know, the awareness of what it takes to, to do, you know, an avalanche rescue or, or whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, I, like I said, in that previous podcast, I'm doing the level one in Catherine Creek. Um, there's actually th- I think uh, Jordan just asked me about it last night, so I sent him a link to it. There's uh, three spots available. It's a Saturday and a Sunday, level one, but the Friday before it is um, specifically like avalanche rescue stuff. Um, and I think altogether it was like 550 bucks or something for three days. Um, but I, you know, I thought it was pretty cool that we had something kind of in our neck of the woods that was right here, you know, that they were putting on a class on a sled it was you know motorized specific class um so definitely looking forward to um to being able to partake in that but is that with the wac the wallawa avalanche center yeah so it's 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 then partnered with the i think it's pronounced airy yeah the a a i r e or something um yeah so i think they're they're like partnered Mm -hmm. in it but it's definitely the wallawa avalanche center is putting it on Yep, which uh, they put out a lot of our avalanche forecasts or yep. all of our avalanche forecasts for yep. us. So um, really appreciate that group. I'm a part of that group too. Are you? Good. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I think that's stuff's important too, to be a part of local, you know, um, uh, clubs, mm-hmm. trail finders clubs and stuff and whatnot, because, I mean, it takes a lot to take care of the trails and buy the snowcats and the diesel and, mm-hmm. and, and the time, effort, and energy. Yeah, the time, effort, and energy uh, for all the individuals that are involved in all the avalanche stuff um, and what it actually takes to get those forecasts that you just mentioned and stuff. So all that stuff's important, and uh, I think it's great for people to give back to that kind of stuff because it's so important for us and in our industry. Um, So, yeah, Uh, was there anything else specifically, uh, another story or something that you wanted to Yeah, I got a story for you. I got a story for you. So. uh, First brand new snowmobile I ever bought myself. I had always had used sleds until Skidoo came out with the Gen 4 mm-hmm. in 2016. And I was like, cool, a big bore, 850. That's a bad looking <laughs> sled. I'm buying that thing. Yeah. And I told my wife, I'm like, I'm buying it. And she's like, yep, go for it, hon. You've worked hard. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> That's always good to oh, get the yeah. wife's got, got <laughs> approval. approval. So we go and put the 500 down on the snow check and get it ordered. It was in black and yellow, Skidoo colors, just oh. what I wanted. And Sat in my sat in my shop for a couple of months, or actually my toy hauler. I didn't have a shop at the time. Mm-hmm. Sat sat in there for a couple of months, just looking at it, like, oh, I can't wait to ride it. Of course, I was really excited to go ride it, so I take it out, you know, like first of December, and um, make it a couple miles from the truck, and we're going along the trail, and uh, I don't know what happened, but I just fall off, like over the handlebars, fall off. I'm just kind of like going down the trail, 
Yeah. I'm like, what? What's the deal? And I look back at my sled and it's missing a ski. I'm like, what? No, this thing's got like 12 miles on it. What? <laughs> what? And I'm like, no. And it's just dangling by the by the steering arm, sitting there like in pieces. And I'm like, want to cry because it's my brand new snowmobile. It's the first one I ever bought, brand new. And I'm like, oh. My wife's going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to buy parts already. So my buddy's with me. He's like, wow, never seen anything like that happen before. Just out of nowhere, just a rock was sticking up, and it grabbed the carbide so hard that it just ripped everything off. Really? One side, yeah. Them them Jim 4 ski dudes are so nimble. You just ride them back to the truck on one ski. Yeah, sure. <laughs> just like all of them these days. Yeah, huh? Uh, but, yeah, that was, uh, was kind of like my first brand-new sled story. That was the same sled that got in the avalanche and got all beat up in the avalanche. So yeah, okay. that sled saw some stuff. Sure, sounds like Saw it. some stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, what about sleds these days? Uh, I ride a ski-do because uh, I think it's a really solid snowmobile. You know, I, I feel really confident in the motor. Yeah. I feel confident in the chassis itself that uh, – when I'm mashing and bashing, it's going to hold up, not going to break underneath me. Um, but they, everybody's building a really good sled. I really like the way sure. the Polaris handles, uh, you know, especially on like a downhill side hill. Those things handle better than my ski do. But when you guys are popping A-arms all day long, that's just not going to work for me. I'm a big boy, <laughs> man. I slam into stuff. Sure. I got a spindle that goes like that. Yeah. And if, you know, it's, uh, I can be a little bit hard on them sometimes. Sure. So that is part of the reason why I ride that ski do. But it is amazing just the the handling of all of them these days and the power of all of them. Yeah. Um, it's getting really cool just to see all the brands uh, mm-hmm. bringing to the table what they have. Yeah, I think I think it's great for everybody to keep pushing, um, you know, each other manufacturer to get better and improve and stuff. Um, what's your, speaking of that, what's your opinion of, have you seen the uh, Taiga, the electric, electric snowmobile? Yeah. What's your opinion on that? I think that'll be cool. Teslas are cool. They're fast. Um, you know, they're like the Varge electric dirt bike that Josh Hill was riding. That's that's coming out, and that thing's pretty crazy. Uh, it'll have its day. Sure. I like two-stroke smoke myself, yeah, um, so we're going to keep it that way <laughs> yeah. for now. Yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. If one day that was, uh, you know, if that was the next ticket, yeah. heck, yeah, I'd be all over the electric sled. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do, carry a generator with me for when I kill it on the deep days, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. I think I would definitely, like, obviously, if I had the opportunity to ride one, I would. I don't know if I would purchase one for myself. Um, but, you know, there's – that's – that question, like, I've seen that across social platforms and stuff, and you've got, you know, people that are like, oh, yeah, that's cool, and then you've got people that are, you know, super negative towards it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's – to generalize it, like, I think it's just cool that somebody's innovating something, um, and pushing the boundaries on what's possible and different ideas. And, and I think that that's just all around pretty cool. It's the next step, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where everybody goes from here. Um, do you think that, uh, what do you think, what do you think's like the big next thing? You know, I know the Articat came out with that alpha, and Skidoo has turbo, uh, factory turbo, and then Polaris just came out with factory turbo. What do you think is like the next? Gosh, it's so hard to it's so thing. hard to guess what's coming it, next. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Skidoo wise, Polaris they're kind of out there right now. You know, they they released a new chassis, they got yep. the boost sled. Yep. Um, so you know, what's Skidoo going to do? Usually, a year after the Polaris changes a chassis, like last time, mm-hmm. they'll probably end up changing the chassis up. Um, motors are probably going to stay the same, but what I would like to see myself is, uh, just a lighter sled. Sure. Just keep cutting weight off that thing. Yep. Um, you know, we have great power plants. We can make all the power in the world, mm-hmm. um, cut weight, 
make those panels smaller, more like the Polaris. I like the Polaris panels. They cut, you know, a little better into a side hill, yep. uh, less paneling out on those. So just narrow the thing up, um, keep it reliable, keep it really solid. That's one thing I want about it as I want a solid, reliable sled. So sure. just uh, don't release anything that's going to blow up right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> first year Nobody problems. That. First yeah, year yeah. problems. Um, For sure. But yeah, I, I think that's just light lightness. Just keep making them lighter. Sure. That's what's coming. You know, they can make as much power as they want with a little computer chip and right. make it go. So, yeah, um, yeah I think lighter, narrower, um, you know, kind of like the snow bikes, just keep they keep getting narrower, too, the sleds. I think Ski-Doo has a 34-inch ski stance now. That's really narrow. Okay. Yeah, Again, yeah. back to the panel. You're going to have the panel in the right. snow. I don't know how that's going to work, but right. I need to go ride one of those. Um, yeah, weight and just reduction in general on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you uh, – not to talk about myself for a minute, but the the only skidoo I've ever ridden was yours when we were in Catherine Creek last year, and you were able to hop on mine for a minute, um, and mine's pretty light. Um, what was your reaction? I mean, did you get to ride it enough to even like tell the difference in how? No, no. <laughs> okay. No, we we rode it. In I there. mean, we rode I, it out in the uh, you know kind of in like a meadow yeah. side hill area. We didn't have a lot. Um, I could feel. Uh, you know, with the lightweight mods on your sled, I could definitely feel when you hit the throttle, uh, just kind of how it'd come up out of the snow. Sure. A little different than mine. Mine would plane for a little bit more and then come up. Um, just you could really feel that, you know, probably 50 less pounds, I bet. Yeah. Probably 50 less pounds. Yeah. And you can notice that on the sled. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, and I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast too, like my, you know, I, I was on, <laughs> I was on your sled for about three minutes and it's so it's such a different feeling, right? It's so, I think you're like more up on the engine on mm-hmm. a skidoo. Um, and my first instant reaction, obviously just based off of my habitual feelings of a Polaris and that's like, you know, my go-to and my comfort level. Uh, my first reaction was like, nah, I don't, I don't like this. This I is believe it was running out of fuel on you too. Yeah. And so there was, there was that issue too, but, um, but I, you know, I, I would definitely moving forward, like I'd be willing to put in some more seat time, um, on a skidoo and just see the, see the difference. Um, cause I, I don't think I obviously gave it enough time to really see what it actually is worth. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah. And we need to drop it into some trees, get in some drainages and well, dude, that was, so I was talking to Jeff too, um, something that I wanted to talk to you about was I would really like to set up some trips with you. Cause I know that you go into some pretty gnarly places and, um, from what I've seen just a couple of times, like you're a really good writer and I would like to put in some seat time with you and go some certain places, even if it's just you and me, um, if you're up for something like yeah, that, dude. um, because I like, uh, you know, I definitely want to challenge myself and get into a place where like, maybe you're comfortable, but I'm like, Oh boy. Yeah. You know, and, oh, yeah. and, uh, because I, I just want to get, you know, better mental strength and more confidence. Um, so I definitely think moving forward, we should, uh, set up a ride. Absolutely. Or well, several on, <laughs> on the, on the last or several <laughs> like, like, on the last podcast too, you talked about the repetition, and yeah. just doing it and doing it again. And mm-hmm. even if it, uh, it looks a little sketchy. I'm not going to make it. I'll yeah. just do it and try it and yeah. see if you make it. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys I ride with that I see them like, you're going for that. I can't believe it. And, you know, usually I'll try about anything, but sure. these guys, man, they're, they're pretty wild over out of Baker city. Um, uh, are you talking about like, um, 
you were just with them the other day, like yeah. Phil, yeah, and, Phil Dirt, uh, Danny Ryan Boy or something. On yeah, Instagram. so Danny, those guys, uh, Danny O'Neill and Dustin Stevens and Ryan Phillips. Yeah, those guys, those boys rip over there. Yeah, they just uh, <laughs> they just ride all the time. I love it. Yeah. I call them and they're like, "What are you doing today? Oh, yeah, we're going riding. What time? Oh, after we get the cows fed. Cows fed. <laughs> I watch his Instagram all the, Ryan Phillips. I watch his Instagram all the time, and he's always feeding cows and then shredding pow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeding cows and shredding pow. That is Phil Dirt's life. It seems like I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, those boys are just a blast to ride with. Mm-hmm. Um, they really get after it. They tear stuff up. They know all the coolest spots. So yeah, sure. those are some of my favorite guys to ride with. Oh, yeah. And they'll push you. Yeah. And they push you big time. Well, from what I've seen, definitely looks like it. Yeah. My gosh, you guys have been in some spots. Yeah. We um, were dragging across rocks here on Sunday, though. It was a little, we were in the Elkhorns, not quite enough snow. Sure. Um, yeah, I got a nice scratch, like 16 inch on the panel. Oh. Did Didn't you hit anything like an A-arm, though, so that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the panel. Yeah. Did you get your your panel and your coolant situation figured out? Because Friday you were having some issues when we were on our yeah. way out from Tollgate. Yeah. So I didn't put the coolant cap on right, and I was dumping coolant when I rolled the sled over. So we just poured a little more coolant in there. We're good to go there. Got it. Um, on my Snow Derby YouTube channel, I actually did a little quick fix on that panel. Yeah. Um, showed guys uh, just okay. a cheap way to fix that thing when the panel rips off. Um without re- replacing the part because, you know, I'm going to have to wait five or six days because sure. New Year's to get that thing. So right, I still don't have the part. Okay. but yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are yeah. in that boat. A lot of guys in that boat, but I have a, a temporary fix right now. It's holding on really good. It made it all last. It made it through that rock without getting ripped off. Okay. So I there think we're set for Solid. a little while. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you mentioned your YouTube channel. So Travis, um, you know, you have an Instagram and a YouTube channel. Are you any on any other platforms for snowmobile specific stuff? No, just on Instagram and YouTube for now. Okay. Um, okay. We'll get a Facebook lit up here pretty soon. Sure. Um, get going on that, but just YouTube and Instagram. Right. So we'll, um, we'll definitely uh, put the description and the links to your profiles in this episode. Um, so everybody listening and watching, um, definitely give Travis a follow. Because uh, I have gone through your uh, YouTube channel. And you have a lot of tips and tricks and just <laughs> some pretty, Jeff and I were watching some of them. They're pretty entertaining. I mean, just super like, you know, down to earth and, and authentic and, and providing value on helping people um, with their sleds or gear, whatever it may be. So I think it's super dope that you are pushing that and doing that. So, um, and we'll definitely be able to cut up some clips from this to, for you to put on that awesome. as well. And then obviously tag you and everything that, that, uh, that we put out that you're a part of. Um so yeah, with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode and let's end with you need to talk about the blue jeans thing. Oh. The what? Oh, the blue oh. Okay. So that's yeah, so that'll be a, a two part thing. We'll we'll end it with the, the sled talk question like every single um episode that we're doing here. But Travis, you had mentioned that from the previous episode with the boys, Kobe and Cody and Big Controversy. Caden. Uh, um that last sled talk question was you know what do you wear under your mono suit or your um your gear and it was pretty divided um some some guys like to ride in blue jeans and belt buckles and there's others like um us that like to ride in sweats or joggers or something with some some mobility um and so what do you what's your preference oh it's them joggers all day long (laughs) Uh, yeah. it's, the, it's the mobility. Uh, yeah. When I was young, like maybe some of them other boys back in my twenties, uh, yeah. yeah, I did wear blue jeans underneath my crappy gear and I'd be wet and you'd be trying to figure out how to stuff them inside your boots and they're uncomfortable and, uh, they're wicking water up your leg and, uh, you know, it's just not, it's not comfortable. It's, it's not good. It's not snowmobiling. Attire. It's not, it's not. 
Um, you need to have them jogging pants on. That's the way to go. Tapered bottom, you know, zipper on the, uh, keep your phone in your pants there, sure. keep from falling out. Um, and also just the right uh, material. Yeah. Jeans are not up. the right material. No. Absolutely not. Some of that material from the joggers and stuff like help wick away sweat yep. um, and, you know, keep you dry and warm. Um, and if they get wet, they can dry out way easier than denim. Mm-hmm. And the big thing, mobility, right? Like you got to be able to move, yep. especially if you're, you know, doing some advanced techniques to the trees and bow ties and hopovers and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm sure that there's probably people out there that are ripping bow ties and blue jeans, but my God, why would you, I just, that just, rough. I don't know. It just, I can't make the connection um for as as to why (laughs) why you would wear that other than the fact of like you are just prepared for after the day of snowmobiling to go party or do whatever it is that you're going to do but outside of that like it just makes no sense to me they're just younger and tougher than i am or something i guess i don't Um, know must be but so that's funny jeff i appreciate you jumping in there and and reminding us to talk about that topic um uh if you you know we haven't put the clip out yet of that question, so we'll get your guys' engagement on there. But, uh, you know, definitely comment below whether you're on TikTok or Instagram, YouTube, whatever it is about what you wear. Um, or if you disagree with Travis and, and Mai's opinion, uh, definitely give us your opinion because that's the greatest thing about social media is everybody can give their everyone opinion can, of everything. Everyone can share. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at the beginning, uh, before we jumped on this podcast, I had mentioned to you briefly about you asking a sled talk question. And so, you know, for the viewers and the, and the listeners, Travis, is there something, um, specific that you would like to ask, um, the sled talk listeners as far as, and it could be anything, uh, it could be a skidoo specific, it could be gear, it could be mods, whatever. Um, but what is something that you would like to ask, um, people's opinions of? You know, I got one that's pretty controversial these days. Uh, mountain tracks. Do you go 165? Do you go 155? What track length do you go with? Do you go with the 146? Um, I myself, it's 165 three inch. I want all the float. Uh, when I'm hanging off the hillside, I need a little extra to keep me on the hillside. Um, maybe a little less playful at times, but sure. I prefer that extra float. Gotcha. So what do you guys got? 155, 165, three inch, two six, two seven. And why? And why? And why? Right. I think I think that's a great question. So yeah, answer Travis's questions in the or question in the comments, um, regardless of what platform you're on. We definitely want to know, um, and it it gives good feedback to us, and honestly, like make us aware of some things that you know, because everybody rides in different locations and different situations, different snow types, whatever it may be. So uh, definitely bring some awareness to us and and enlighten us on your guys's opinions and feelings there. So please leave your comments below. Um, answering that question. And uh, so, yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Um, Can't ask you guys enough if you are on YouTube to please subscribe to the channel. Make sure you go through the description and find Travis's links to his YouTube channel and his Instagram. Shoot him a follow there as well. Um, If you are, you know, listening on Spotify or iTunes podcasts, um, those platforms, please leave reviews. That definitely helps us rank up. Um, and it continues to push us to keep doing these, these episodes. And as always appreciate your guys' feedback and thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Travis, thank you for jumping in here. I appreciate it, man. It's good chatting with you. Can't, can't fucking wait to pumped. Yeah. Go right. Let's rip. (laughs) All right. Thanks guys.